Okay, so let's. I want to. Okay, so this is still in beta. This is our. Uh, I guess our. The first episode. Year in wrap up, wrap 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 up. Oh no, I guess it's the new year, so it's not really. <laughs> the year in un- unwrap. We're unwrapping 2023. That's for yes. a Christmas present. Um, which was in the past. Yeah. Do you do you want to do a, a year end wrap up? Um. Not really. I can't remember anything that happened more than like two weeks ago at a time. So. Oh well, the nice thing about. Uh, like Sony and Steam both did a deal where they were like, "Hey, here's all the games you wasted your time playing." Yeah, you know that thing Spotify started doing. Now we're gonna do that for Steam. Yeah, yeah. So Steam and Sony for the PlayStation stuff did that, and it was like, "Oh, great! I realized I played just really a ton of Assassin's Creed Valhalla this year." <laughs> Uh, I haven't turned on my PlayStation in a while to have it yell at me about what I was playing too much of, but Steam told me that I guess 85% of my time on Steam, you can tell when I started playing Steam games because there's like this big vacuum of like no time on Steam, like for these months. And that's when I was playing Elden Ring and, Mm -hmm. and something else, probably Valhalla um towards the beginning of the year and then like after that it's like okay and then for six months of your life all you did was play oblivion (laughs) 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 and then after you finally broke free from the curse of playing oblivion for six months you played 17 other games in a row yeah i thought it was funny that it um like games that are technically hidden because they are developer builds that you run through the Steam interface showed up. And it was like, your top five games are four games you played, or three games you played, and two games you worked on. Work. <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh, good. It's just like, uh, no, no, Man's, no Man's Sky, City Skylines, and then Tunic. And then Project A and Mystery Project, because the there is no box art. It is just a gray square. <laughs> yeah, I had, cool. a, I had a gray square too, but like not nearly as much. And it, I think like, I mean, we, we're, we're kind of in a space where we do like once a week, we'll do a play test for like an hour uh-huh. at, at most. Right. And so like an hour once a week compared to like, you know, 30 hours of of oblivion. It's just like, no, that's like not even registering in my in my list. I think part of the issue is that I played so few games, like such a a low diversity of games. It was really just like it was like. There was like two other things I played a minimal amount of. It was like Tunic was a little bit. And then most like there was a point where I in like July or something when I hit playing uh, City Skylines again and it was all City Skylines until I got Mm. No Man's Sky and then it was all No Man's Sky. And that was the end. 
Yeah. So, yeah, like I, I played, uh, apparently I played a crap load of Oblivion right up until like December. And then I started to get some new games and I played almost, I played like one to the end and I've almost finished two more in like a three week span, (laughs) which just shows you how many games you can complete when the game isn't Oblivion. Oh, yeah. Oh, the other game that I played was Mafia Definitive Edition. That's what it was. The Mafia remake. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there there was there was that. And then yeah, on the other end was or on the PlayStation it was Valhalla. Uh Marvel Avengers. I don't know. I guess I deleted it, but but uh yeah. It was my it was most, my, my list on PlayStation is very easy because it's the discs that I own. I think I didn't get the PlayStation until 2022. And so it's just Valhalla and Elden Ring. Uh-huh. The, uh, I, 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 the other, I, I own uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man, but I am not allowed to play it until my husband plays it first. So that one has still not been played. Well, what's he waiting on? Uh, I think he's waiting on me to like not exist or something because he won't play video games if I'm in the room anymore. Because, because apparently, do you, do you I like to. Him? I like to. I don't criticize. I just like to strike up a conversation. I'm like, oh, you're doing that. That's a, that looks pretty cool. And then it's like, no, stop talking to me. You've broken my immersion. I hate you. Go away. <laughs> I'm just like not allowed to talk or look at him while he's playing a video game. Yeah, I, I told him it's like, you know, you could you could play the game while I'm working. He's like, no, you'll see. <laughs> just like, I guess I guess he's only going to play the the PlayStation games when I'm like on some not out of town trip that I will never be on. Mm. Oh, because the but. PlayStation's in the same room it's, as your it, office. Yeah, right? it's in the same room that I work. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. But, uh, so, I, I will mention some games that I played, uh, I guess, over Christmas break or right at the start of around the December time frame. Uh, the first one, which I, I think I told you a bit about, is... A role, it's an RPG called Jedonia. It is... Oh, and I, I made you actually experience it for a few minutes. One time. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was great. Um, so, I loved it. It was... It's uh, janky as hell. You shouldn't play it if you want, like, a high-quality gaming experience. But if you're fine with, like wacky jankiness and there's some bugs but honestly like it's not any worse than a a lot of bugs that a lot of other games have the story is terrible uh and it's also like been run through google translate this is clearly like a russian game because the options are english and russian and there's no way that english was like the first language uh 
Um, like the very first line was, I saw a dream last night. Nobody sees a dream. You have a dream. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. And the, the voice acting was pretty. <laughs> it was like it, the voice acting. Yes. Was the worst. It was like clearly like somebody who's fluent read the words, but with little to no emotion. Uh, yeah, no, don't don't play the game for the story. I, I played the game for the like whole like crazy skill tree system and just trying to figure out how to break things, which I did, um, which was fun. For me, um, so, yeah, that was like the 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 thing that I love about the game is at the very start of the game, you you build your character stats and you have four different stats. You have charisma strength agility and intelligence and they can they can go from one to four but it's but you only have so many points to spend uh, on everything so like you could if you spend all your points to get like one stat to four then you only have like like three more stat points to spend anywhere else so to max out charisma that means you're going to be like really weak and stupid or something. Mm -hmm. So I went, I decided to go just full on extreme and say, okay, I'm going to go max all the way into charisma. And then all the rest of my points went into agility. So I had a zero intelligence and a zero strength, which was terrible. Yeah. (laughs) You were just some (laughs) lovable idiot. (laughs) Yes. But, but like, like, so here's the thing with like, like, it's set up like at the start, they, they give you one point in every stat because they're kind of like, uh, you don't want to have a stat at zero. That's bad time bears. If you have a stat, <laughs> any stat at zero. Uh-huh. But I was like, fuck you, fuck you, game. I'm I'm right in the extreme. I'm going to zero these out. So my uh, my strength was so low that like melee damage was had like a negative modifier to melee damage. Like so you would heal so, like, them like. <laughs> If you had a sword that did 10 damage, I was so weak that the sword only did like six damage. (laughs) So. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, you know, no good. I was also too weak to wear any armor. So all I could wear was cloth armor and all cloth armor in the game was designed pretty much for mages. But fun story. I had zero intelligence. And intelligence is the stat you need to use magic. So I was too stupid to ever use magic. Uh-huh. So all the armor in the game helped me. Not at all. Like I all I got out of armor was maybe like hit points or something. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I was so stupid because I made zero intelligence. I couldn't do even do crafting, which was like a third of the skill tree. <laughs> so a third of the skill tree is magic. And then the third of the skill tree is crafting, and I can't do either of those. <laughs> so Wait, all is I'm the left other with, third combat or Yeah, the other third is the other third is other stuff. There's one skill set for charisma. That's it. There's like seven skills for charisma out of like over a hundred. And then every, like fortunately I had like my dexterity backup. And there was like ranged attacks. So like archery. 
So that was like my fallback. Like if I wanted to be good, I had to use archery. But luckily for about 90% of the game, I didn't have to be good at all because the, the, the benefit you get from having charisma is that you can have just this insane army of, of followers. You can have, I had like five people following me around. And so I didn't really have to fight at all. And because of my agility, I was good at stealth. So what I would do is I would just sneak around and engage nothing. And my guys would just walk around and go nuts on anybody that was hostile. Uh-huh. And the fun thing is they're like, they can go down, but then they just kind of sit there and like mope around for a few seconds. And then they get up and start fighting it. Like they never die. Right. Like, and they will get back up and fight even if they've been reduced to zero hit points many, many times in a fight. <laughs> so if you're patient enough, you could just kind of like go anywhere with your companions and just kind of like hunker down and hide and just like let them like slowly sandpaper away like some ridiculous high powered thing while you just kind of hang out and hope that you don't take splash damage from an area of effect. Uh-huh. Which I did for most of the game. My my favorite thing was that you you had a command to like summon them, um, and it was like an instant teleport. So they would just teleport right on top of you. So my my main tactic for most of the game until I like finally had to resort to attacking to help them because I was bored uh, was the sneaky man drop was what I called the attack where I would use stealth and I would creep up to a group of guys. And then I would just instantly teleport all of my companions right on top of them. And then they would just slay them. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a good, <laughs> like a good way to go. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. I've tried to do that in, well, not that exactly, not the man drop thing, but things like that in other games that let you do some brief mind control or summon monsters or something like that and usually they they max it out at like a really low number of things you can have so i remember bioshock had like hack the 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 flying robot turret things and you you have to do this the little pipe dream mini game to make that work but they'd only let you have like three at a time and if you did it to another one it would kill the la- the first one you had because so then you so that so then you're just a hack murderer right like you just (laughs) you just use that to murder Uh people right yeah you just hack hack things to basically kill them off or convert them yeah so did you finish the game did you finish what geodana jidonia i think that's how you pronounce it okay um yes i i i finished it I um I also did like I I finished the main story which was awful and the main story like the funny thing about the main story is like 90% of the main story quests are just get to look from location X to location Y and then watch a cutscene uh-huh. like there was it wasn't until like very very far at the end that you actually had to do combat and fight things as part of the main quest, it was so weird. But I think that's because their idea, the idea was like, 
hey, your next mission is way the hell over here in this area that's 10 levels above you. So dick around and do side quests until you're high enough level to go there. Um, I, of course, took that to the extreme, as I always do, and dicked around and did all side quests everywhere for the most part uh-huh. <laughs> before I started to engage in the story. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I did uh, did the main story and then uh, got to a high enough level where there was this like, basically they also had elder content. I was surprised at how much kind of stuff was going on in this game. It was really a lot. There's So there's this whole like elder content system of like uh, all these little like points of interest that appear on the map after you reach a certain level and then you go to those and then there's like really high level monsters that show up and you have to fight at those points on the map. And then that will get you um, like uh, that will get you these like items that you can go take back to the camp where you initiate this quest and you can get like really grindy, like it's, it's totally late game content. There's this like grindy crap that you can go do and, and like, once you've hit level 70, which is the max level, and like earned all the skill points you can do, you can use these items that you find at these little points of interest and upgrade a single skill like incrementally. So there's like four different colors of upgrades. And so like if you use a red upgrade on your multi-shot arrow skill, you can increase its damage. Or you can use another one to like reduce its cooldown time and stuff like that. And so it's like you kind of incrementally upgrade like your favorite skills that you've made, like you've built out for your character. Mm. So, yeah. And that that stuff is just to then, I guess, continue continue doing the harder fights. Yeah, like as you unlock more, as you keep doing it, like you unlock uh, harder and harder challenges of that type that have that then will like give you more and more of those items as rewards whenever you finish um but it does like lead to it it is part of a quest line and once you've done enough of those um you can still do them and like grind upgrades for skills and stuff but once you do enough of them then you can uh do like this final mission where you go and get this like top top end set of gear and I, oh, that was gear that was actually like kind of useful for my character <laughs> that uh-huh. I that I got in that final final thing. And it's like, oh great, now that I've pretty much done the hardest content that exists in this game and don't really have anything else to do, here's here's gear that I can use. Yeah. That um I feel like that's a good segue into me talking about God of War Ragnarok because I've been playing that and the, I guess to get it out of the way, like I, I really like the game. The combat's more or less the same, but they changed it up with like new, uh, new additions to how the gear works, like how your weapons and stuff upgrade and how your uh, armor and stuff upgrades but one of the things that they did is they have a set of collectibles and things 
that show up, you know, they show up on your map as like undiscovered thingamajigs. And so, of course, I looked up on a guide, like, what the hell am I missing in this area? Can I get it yet? Or do I have to wait for like story progression? And then I find that there's like all of this stuff that's post beating the main game. Uh huh. What? And I'm like, what? What? What company makes this game again? Is this Sony? This Sony. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I and I, and the first my first thought is like, well, I have no incentive to do that stuff because it's I yeah, already beat the game. Like, that's like every all of the I don't know what to call them other than Ubisoft games. That's what like that's what all the Ubisoft games do now is like here's a million little like side quest points of interest things uh you're not going to get 100% until you've beaten the game and then all this other crap that you do after you've beaten the main story that you don't want to do if you're playing the game to kind of experience the story but it's like i don't i don't i don't really get it like i mean first of all these are games i i is that to like just get you to hang on until you can pay for DLC because it's like Okay, I, I played all the stuff. I don't want to keep doing things. I finished this story. Like, let me release me. You know, like let me quit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me quit. Well, this. in the, I mean, you already have my money. Like, what more do you want from me? And the, I, I was thinking, I'm like, you have no way to reward me for this because I, uh, I'm very much a person of like, um. I I don't really want to do something in a game unless I get something out of it in the game. Like I don't want to just like do a thing to have done a thing. It's one of the things that pissed me off about achievements is like games started adding things to their collectibles and tasks and things to their games that just unlocked an achievement instead of giving you a real reward. And I was like, no, I, this is bogus. This is nothing. Uh, right. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I've, I'm all for achievements that are like, do every side quest or, you know, like find all of the weapons or something like that, because I want all of those things. Right. But like, if the mission is, if the side quest or the achievement or whatever is just like, you know, play the game running backwards for six hours. I'm like, Fuck you, that's dumb. I'm not gonna do it. Well, or if there's like uh like in uh GTA four for the PlayStation three, the first, you know, PlayStation three introduced trophies and they launched GTA four for PS3 and Xbox three sixty, and the three sixty was the one that ruined games by introducing achievements. And so uh they the collectible, like in GTA 3 and the PS2 era things, they had a bunch of collectibles you could do, like the secret packages and all these other like side quests and mini game things that you could do. And you got some kind of like gameplay bonus. Like when you collected the packages in GTA 3, it would give you items like uh, weapons and things that you could get. So you had an easy place to like reload on ammo that cost you nothing because you got these secret packages. Uh, And then if you did Mm -hmm. the like 
taxi missions and the police missions and the ambulance missions and stuff, they all gave you different rewards for like, now you don't have to, now you don't have like limited sprinting or the police one like gave you bonus to how much max armor you could have in these things. Yeah. I, I remember, I remember that stuff. Yeah. That was like what three did, right? Yeah. That was three vice yeah. city and San Andreas. They all did that stuff. And then in yeah. four, they had these pigeons that you could go and shoot throughout the city. And I looked up, I was like, okay, so what do I get for collecting? Like, cause I got 10 pigeons and I'm like, okay, what do I get for 10 pigeons? And so I go back to my hideout and I'm like, there's nothing here. And then I'm like, okay, is it 20 pigeons? And so I get 20 <laughs> pigeons. And then I look up like on a guide online and I'm like, what do you get for getting these different, all these pigeons? And they're like an achievement. Yeah, that was what made me quit playing Assassin's Creed the first time. Was the collectible was, feathers? Uh, I was I was playing the very first one and it was like it was all these flags that were like yeah, hidden flags. around every level. It was like find a hundred flags and I like I'd found a bunch of them and then I was like, uh, why am I doing this? And I looked it up and it's like you can achieve it. It's like, no, I quit and I quit the game. Yeah. And I didn't play I didn't play an Assassin's Creed game again until uh, until Odyssey. Yeah, I was playing that on the PC port and achievements didn't exist on the PC at the time. So I looked up like, what do you get for all the flags in the Assassin's Creed? And they were like, an achievement, unless you're playing on PC. And then you get nothing at all. And I said, <laughs> nothing at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> I was just like, you mean... They added a thing to a game that does absolutely nothing for an entire platform. And I was so pissed. And yeah. Because I'm like, give me something. And so, yeah, yeah. The, these collectible things like at the end of in the Ragnarok stuff, I'm just like, you have nothing to reward me with. Like I, I feel like I'm just wasting my time collecting these things because what is better... What does a different piece of armor get me at that point? I've already beaten the game. Like it doesn't make playing the game any better or any different. I guess maybe right. there's like maybe maybe there's like a new game plus or something, but I'm probably never going to play that. So <laughs> Yeah, so I played start I started <laughs> I started playing God of War because I had a different uh scenario that made me quit the avengers game finally which was i was trying to play through a dlc characters like mission uh thing mission chain and uh did you hit a paywall or a multiplayer requirement i hit a multiplayer requirement okay. like it, they they gave you the 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 character they gave you was the winter soldier and the Winter Soldier, so, okay, so you've got a bunch of Avengers in this game. You've got Hulk, you've got Miss Marvel, you've got Captain America. They've all got some kind of superpower. You know, Black Widow doesn't have a lot of superpowers, but she does, like, punchy stuff. And then you've got Bucky, the Winter Soldier, and you would think he'd be a pretty good melee guy because he's... Also got the super soldier serum and a robot arm. 
Uh-huh. And as you know, having one robot arm makes your entire body super strong. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out they balanced him as the most effective ranged character because his superpower is gun. And so... <laughs> <laughs> so he's just got a he's just got a rifle like a automatic <laughs> rifle and it's <laughs> thor, thor what's your power well i can cast down lightning anywhere also i have a magic hammer i can use to fly and throw at anything uh-huh. uh what's your superpower bucky gun i'm better at range than you <laughs> and that is accurate um he is the best ranged character he's better than both hawkeyes that they put in the game better than both thors that they put in the game better than the spider-man they put in the game um better than black widow that also uses guns like and iron man and iron man who actually and war machine war machine's not in there but uh oh, okay. but he's better than iron man because iron man has a limited resource for ranged attacks that you have to refill by either like letting a cooldown refresh the bar or by punching things. So like he's a, a pretty crap ranged character, but he's also really fragile <laughs> up close in melee range. So like he's he's kind of balanced the So worst. that suit of that invincible iron suit does nothing. Yeah, <laughs> the the namesake suit <laughs> that that creates the Iron Man is I mean, I guess it's just about as good as iron at this point. Like, <laughs> balance. Yeah. Uh, That's and so you get, I mean, maybe it's because he's DLC and he just has not gone through any balance passes or anything, but like, he's just regular ass gun ranged attack. <laughs> like, shoot guy with a gun is so well, powerful. Like, especially if you get like critical hits, it would just nuke these enemies like and so so here's the thing though is uh i think that might be intentional like the power creep is a real thing and it may be on totally on purpose that they make the new shiny new characters just way better than the old yeah probably because because that gets you grinding and using the new ones and having to start all over and everything yeah and i also think that there is a uh i think there's an xp bump like an XP gain bump to those characters to help to level them out. Cause you're, you should have been playing the other characters, you know, for so long that they're all max level. And so you're like, Oh, I need to get this character max level. So it does it in a much shorter amount of time. Um, and so like my lowest level characters were the starter characters. It was like Miss Marvel and the Hulk. Cause I was like, these characters suck. I hate playing as them. And then uh, <laughs> Spider-Man came out and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to play as Spider-Man <laughs> after I beat the main campaign. And so he ends up being like, like level 60s or something or no, it's not uh, the level like 30 and like power level 90 or something by the time I finished playing as him. Whereas the other characters are all like power level 30. And then, uh, girl Thor was like power level 130 by the time I finished playing as her. So like, it was clear that they did like this uneven XP distribution between these different characters. But, um, but yeah, so Bucky, 
I was doing his mission chain and then I got to the one where it was like, do this uh, raid. Like, do a multiplayer raid. And I was like, no, I won't. <laughs> Quit forever. Yeah. So I'm done with that game. <laughs> yeah, there, there's like, uh, yeah, when I, uh, I was playing Elden Ring obsessively, uh, there's, I, I, I pretty much did every single piece of content and got everything that I could that did not require multiplayer because I won't pay for the service to have access to multiplayer on my PlayStation. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I, I call like the, 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 the crappy like bouquet of flowers that does Scarlet Rot damage in that game. That's a pay to win item because you have to spend money on PlayStation Plus to get access to it. So. Or you play Elden Ring on the PC, right? On Steam. Yeah, but that didn't come out until like yesterday or something. So I thought they launched at the same time. I don't think they did because I there's no way. <laughs> I don't think they did. Maybe they did and I just wasn't paying attention. But I also just needed more games to play on my PlayStation because I only had one. <laughs> uh let's see and well no i had two and one that i wasn't allowed to play so i had to get some more playstation games oh right because you were not allowed to play spider-man right um yeah so there are some other games that i i played um one of them i finally started playing because i got a steam deck uh for christmas which uh is pretty cool Uh It's it's like a big switch that plays better games than Switch has. Yeah, it also runs better than the Switch. Um, I yes. think you can actually put but the it, Switch emulator on the Steam Deck and have it run better than a Switch. <laughs> okay, keep that in mind. Uh, but yeah, when I, I started to put like all of the like pixel art, like indie pixel art games that I never actually played, uh, I. I downloaded on there to play um and so i uh i uh finally uh am playing through axiom verge on there which is is it's that like the a metroid is that the fake metroid yeah it's like it's like totally metroid okay yeah um so i'm playing that one right now on the steam deck um but then uh i also got uh over the break i got potion craft uh, which I I really love. Um, so you're basically you this game you play as like an NPC in a better video game or something. <laughs> but like, <laughs> what a description! <laughs> That's the way that I would describe the story. A potion craft but like so you just run like an alchemy shop and you can't leave it there's only four screens and there's like your your bed that you sleep in there's the screen that's like where you can craft your potions there's a screen where you can gather a couple of herbs every day there's a secret basement where you can do like legendary alchemy and then there's a screen where you have all these people who are out adventuring and having a good time asking you for potions that you make and sell to them. 
and so it's kind of cool. Like, uh, so from one end, you you have you have this grid, um, and your potion starts in the center of it, and you have all these different uh, herbs and spices <laughs> that you can throw in uh, to the to the cauldron, and um, each one kind of moves. Uh, in a in a line in its own sort of pattern in a different direction, and so like there's kind of the four elements theme. So like a water a water herb will send you to the right or east. Winds goes north, earth goes south, and fire goes west. Uh, for like just kind of the basic types of herbs, um, and uh. But they all kind of have like squiggly lines and stuff, so it's not like a, not always like a perfectly straight line that you can go in one direction or another. But so like if you if you use a couple of water herbs, you'll go to the right, and then there's a potion of frost. If you go that direction, if you use the fire herbs and go to the left, there's a potion of fire. If you go north, there's a potion of swiftness. If you go south, there's a potion of strength. And but if you go diagonally using like a a combination of earth and water, you can get to a healing potion or you can also get uh, an herb called like, like life herb or something. And a life herb will go diagonally straight towards the healing potion. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like stuff like that and all these different potion effects all over the grid on the board. And somebody will come up and say like, Oh, my butt hurts. And you've got to go back and like make them a healing potion. And you give it to them. Uh, and then if you make a potion that they like, then they'll buy it from you. Um, they'll give you more money and like kind of rate you higher if you make it uh, like a higher quality or if you make it to their specifications. Sometimes somebody will come in and like they'll ask for a healing potion, but they'll say like, I only want you to use two ingredients or don't use this ingredient. I don't like it or use this ingredient in the potion uh-huh. and so it puts all these restrictions on how you build your path out to getting to different effects so it's pretty cool okay yeah that sounds interesting it's sort of a puzzle game but also kind of a yeah it's 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 like a puzzle game where you kind of have to figure out how to build a path around and like it gets really complicated when you start to do the legendary recipes because um you have this like crazy big alchemy kit where you have to you have all these like different like beakers and vials and stuff that you have to fill with potions and the legendary recipes will show you the effects that you need to put in. So like if, if you see a pet, a, a, a slot that says like has three fire icons and two cold icons, that means you have to make a potion with a level three fire spell and a level two cold spell in one potion, which means you have to go over to the right to get the fire and then all the way back to the center and over to the, to the, the other direction to get the other effect so yeah because it's like um it's moving on the thing yeah so like the, there's this process so you pick an herb right uh-huh. and the herb like say you pick a fire herb and so the fire herb is a wavy line that goes to the left um if you just throw the herb in it'll send you a little bit to the left but you can throw the herb in a mortar and pestle and you'll see this You'll see a filled in line plus a dotted line. And as you mash up the herb in your mortar and pestle, it'll fill in the dotted line. So 
the more you mash it up, the stronger the effect is, which means the further it sends you away or down the line that it created. Okay. So if you, if it's important sometimes later to like not mash it up all the, all the way and send it like for the maximum strength. Right. right? Especially like when you're talking about like you need to balance it out with the water stuff. Yeah. So like, uh, you you send it to the left towards the fire potion effect. And like, this is where it gets like really like tricky and, and like tactile is that like, um, you have to, once you, once you've mashed up the herb and you get it to where it's going to intersect the, the potion effect, then you have to throw the herb into the cauldron and stir it. And as you stir it, the potion itself will move along the line. And the trick that you're going to do to make the strongest possible potion is to get the, uh, potion to line up exactly with the potion bottle outline on the mat on the map. Uh-huh. And so sometimes you're getting it down there and it's like, okay, I got to stir it just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit and like, crap, I passed it. And then you can pour water into the potion to like pull it back towards the center. Uh-huh. And so it's like all this kind of tweaking. And sometimes you like screw up and you'll be like just a little off and you'll have to throw another urban to like move it in another direction. And it's just like, oh my gosh, let me get it here. I got to get it lined up exactly. So sometimes you can use a lot, like, if you're not careful, you can waste a lot of herbs trying to get it lined up perfectly. And how do you get the herbs? You have to buy them so or something? You, you, have your, you have your garden that grows some every day, uh-huh. but it only, it only grows, like, really kind of common stuff. But then there's NPCs that come and show up at your place, and they will sell you things. So the money that you make, from making potions for customers, you can spend on items from uh, other NPCs that come and visit you. Yeah. Okay. That sounds somewhat interesting. It is, but it is pretty cool. Uh, like, like I, I think I told you, I, I fully expect that, like, you know, Activision or EA will create a game that just steals this graphing system and puts it in some <laughs> other game of theirs. Yeah, point. the next uh, Watch Dogs is going to have uh, potion making, <laughs> right? But it'll be something else. like like there'll be a, there'll be a game that has like some kind of like weapon crafting, right? It's it's exactly the same concept, but it's like a little bit different. Yeah. And then what they'll do is they'll make that and then try to patent it, like the uh, Nemesis system. Well, the other thing I played over the break was so was this game called or this demo. Remember demos? They still make those. Um sometimes. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's a demo for this game called Forspoken, which I think is a terrible title. But it is the next uh game from Square Enix. And it sounds like it's the same team that made a Final Fantasy 15, but they're not making a Final Fantasy. They're making this game. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, I wrote there the premise. <laughs> the, the premise, do you remember the movie Black Knight with Martin Lawrence? Uh-huh. Yeah, so the premise is a lot, a lot like that. Where a girl from New York gets teleported back in time or through a dimension to some sort of fantasy point in time. And there's like magic and monsters. And I don't really know anything else about 
the plot other than you get a magic bracelet that talks to you way too much. And uh, one of the first things I did... Hey, listen. What? Hey, listen. Oh, it's worse than that. Like, they actually wrote dialogue between her and the bracelet, and they think that it's really, like, quippy and funny, but it's really just irritating. And... <laughs> a wise cracking bracelet. Yeah. And the, is the what's the bracelet's name? Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't think it had a name, or I don't call it call it Dennis because he's a menace. Because it's like a tennis bracelet. Oh, the Dennis, Dennis bracelet. <laughs> Dennis the tennis bracelet. Yes. Uh, I don't know that it had a name. Uh, But anyway, it's either that or Bangle. That's his other name. <laughs> Dennis Bangle does Dennis Bangle <laughs> does sound like a that sounds like an eighties TV character. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Bangle, yes. Um, so and he like transforms into a tiger. <laughs> it's like it's like Manimal. <laughs> Uh, but he has to like turn into a tiger on accident sometimes, like Teen Wolf, you know, like, uh, -huh. like he's like he sneezes, or it's every time he sees a moon, or a, a white plate, or a circle. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the 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 demo is actually kind of all right. It, they don't get much into the story or anything. They just kind of put you they show you a little montage of cinematics and then they're like here you go and then dennis bingle starts talking to you and it's awful and so the first thing you do when you start the game is you look for the option to turn off the dialogue and so that was the that was my first order of business <laughs> turn off the dialogue <laughs> <laughs> so now that you've completed this tedious introduction, <laughs> never have to hear it again. Because um, it's not like just, it would be fine if it was just like for the story moments that they talk back and forth. But it's just, it's an open world game. So it's like while you're running around the open world and like doing, oh, by the way, um, there's parkour in the game. So you just kind of like run around and jump off stuff a lot. Uh, but it's uh -huh. magic, so you can like climb the walls and things. Uh, but well, I mean, you could do that in Assassin's Creed without magic. Yeah, but this is like not slow climbing. It's like sort of semi Spider Man y kind of climbing up walls. Okay. Um, but there's a lot of particle effects, and so what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, but the guy that just talks to you all the time. It's like you see an enemy and the guy's like, hey, I bet that's a bad guy or something, you know, and then she says something back like, I've seen bad guys my whole life or something like that. And I don't know. It's just like <laughs> that all the time. And there is an option. It's like, do you have to say everything that you're thinking? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Dennis Bangle. Yeah, it's very tiresome. And so. 
But yeah, they just kind of dump you in there and they're like, hey, there's two, we're going to give you two kinds of magic. You you can shoot things uh, out of your hands and it's purple. And some enemies don't like purple. And then there's another one where you can shoot things out of your hand or stab things. And uh, that's red. And some things don't like red. But the red things that don't like the purple, you need to use the purple. And the red, purple things, you need to use the red stuff. And so there's that. And I've been told by that there's like five colors or something that you can do. And so eventually you get the whole rainbow to stab at people. With. I guess. Uh, I don't know exactly how you're supposed to like swap back and forth, because in the demo, you use the like the D-pad to quick swap between like which magic you're using um but yeah so uh, the combat was kind of it was kind of loose but kind of fun and like when i heard that it was the final fantasy 15 people i was like oh that makes a lot more sense because that was kind of fun but it was also very like uh, just like not very it didn't feel like you were really in all that much control while you were playing it (laughs) I uh, remember nothing about that combat system other than like, I feel like there was a button you could hold down and then just nothing could hit you. That's the only thing I remember was the dodge forever button. I don't remember that. I remember I th- there was a dodge thing, but I thought there was a meter tied to that or something. Maybe, maybe. I don't remember. I, the thing that I remember most about the 15 combat system was always get behind people because you would do like a team combo attack whenever you do that. And then uh, the ranged character always gets in melee range and gets hit by everything. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, yeah, like, but I just, and that was, that was another game that like, I remember there was all this, like, had all that crap that was like all these monsters and stuff that you had to fight after you beat the game. And I was like, I already beat the game and I want to fight the monsters. Oh yeah. Yeah. There was yeah so much of it. So as I was, I was trying to describe what the forespoken thing reminded me of in, in this, in my notes here. And then I, as I was thinking about it, I was like, Oh man, I wanted to make a game called The Virtuous Gary, which is like that same sort of premise where a guy named Gary who like does cake decorating uh, gets some sort of magic powers and is like thrust into an adventure that he's in. A... Are they cake powers or are they just magic, They're magic powers. powers? They don't really have anything to do with cakes. Okay. But okay. like. So no cake decorating comes into play. No, no. Um, no. In fact, if anything, I think his his knowledge of strictly cake decoration puts him at a disadvantage in every situation. Okay. Because he's got to, like, use his new magical power to fight, like, ninjas and yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. Or he's just like, okay. I, don't, I don't know anything about ninjas. I'm just a cake decorator. <laughs> I, can make, I can make fondant roses. <laughs> Also, he sounds like a New York cab driver. Yeah. Uh, what do you want, you? I just decorate cakes. That's all I knows is, is cakes decoration. 
Yeah. It's like he works for Cake Boss. Did you ever see that show? No. <laughs> yeah. It's, Is Cake Boss like Crime Boss, but cakes? No, it's just cakes. <laughs> but it okay. does, there are a bunch of like really like very New York Italian guys who work for him. And there's, I think there's like a guy called Freddo or something who works for him. <laughs> and he's just like, you know, I don't know how we're going to make a chinchilla out of a cake, but uh, we got to do it for a client. The boss isn't going to like this. You know? <laughs> it's a lot of that. Chinchilla? What's, we're doing chinchillas now? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I can't even imagine yeah. uh, an Italian angry. I wouldn't, I don't know if I could order a cake from someone like that. I feel like they'd be too aggressive. And I <laughs> it's like, what do you want? I don't know. Whatever cake you'll make me. <laughs> nothing, nothing. Never mind. Uh, I just came in to see how you doing. How's it? How's it going? Bye. I think he might yell at you more for wasting his time. <laughs> But anyway, yeah. As I was thinking about the virtuous Gary, though, I thought, oh, this sounds a lot like Greatest American Hero, where uh-huh. a guy is a high school teacher. Was he even a full time teacher? Was he a sub? But anyway, he was a high school teacher, and he. I think he was. He had to have been like a full teacher because, like, he got it on a field trip, right? The suit. Like, didn't he find the suit on a field trip? Like, there, I feel like there was a school bus involved. I'm pretty sure he was just out in the desert and the aliens found him. And they were like, here's the special suit and a briefcase. I thought I thought he found it like while they got like lost on a field trip. or something. And I'm pretty sure it was like presented specifically to him. OK, well, I don't know. I don't know why I'm imagining a school bus. In the intro to Greatest American Hero, but I... I don't know. I don't know either. I don't remember a school bus. But yeah, I thought it would be great if Gary, the cake decorator, was found to be the most worthy human. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's always like, in comic books, it's always like somebody who's like an elite fighter or something, right? Like they already have some talents. I think the, I think the, so yeah, well, so like you think about the Lantern Corps, right? And like it's Hal Jordan was a test pilot. And I think John Stewart was a, he was like a Marine. Yeah. But Kyle Rayner was just a comic book artist, right? Okay. Yeah. I I feel like, honestly, if they were going to come to Earth and find, like, the most, like, worthy, like, Earthling to take up the mantle of Green Lantern and, like, protect people, it would be a dog. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not going to be a person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But they don't even talk about the Green Lantern dog. I'm sure there's a Green Lantern dog. I'm going to look up Green Lantern dog. I'll bet there is one. Some talking dog. Because there's like definitely like a squirrel or a raccoon or something. There's some animal. Gnort. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's Nort. I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce it. Yeah, Nort. Nort. Yes, there is a Green Lantern dog and his name is Nort. But I think he's an alien dog and not an Earth dog. Because no human would name their dog that. Uh, 
Nort's from the planet Newt. Also, what the hell is up with that crap? Like, aliens, like, we're so racist with alien stuff. It's like, oh, you're from planet Gweeble, so your name is Gwobble. <laughs> you know, like, there's always so much stupid crap like that. It's like, oh, well, I'm from Earth, so my name obviously must be Dirt Fred. <laughs> you know? I thought like, you were just going to say birth. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> what's your name gravel william uh-huh. you know like that's just it's idiotic like no why would a planet do that <laughs> i don't know i mean it sounds like you're kind of describing though uh the flintstones character naming scheme <laughs> <laughs> sure what's your name Fred Flintstone? what's what's your best friend's name barney rubble the, what was the what was the boss's name? Don't I don't know, but <laughs> Slate. I think Mr. Mr. Slate. Slate. Yeah. So the, you know. Yeah. It was all just rock. It was all just rocks. Right. So yeah. The. But that's what we do for like all other aliens. Is like. Uh, yeah. Well, I think especially you know in the '60s or whatever. When I'm assuming this guy came out. <laughs> when, <laughs> when was this guy introduced? 1992. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take that. Oh, first appearance is 1988. So, okay. There's that. That's still, still not too great. recent to, to pull that kind of stuff. That's, yeah, that's some real Mork from Orc naming scheme. Yeah. How many people do you think our age are aware of Mork and Mindy? <laughs> I'm going to assume everyone our age is aware of Mork and Mindy. I know that's totally not true. But, <laughs> uh, first of all, you'd have probably have to at least be American uh-huh. to be aware of Mork and Mindy. That's probably true. Well, like, I don't think a lot of Dutch people are like, remember Mork and Mindy? And that's my Dutch accent. <laughs> You know, it's, I think you might be surprised how many people uh, abroad might be aware of Mork and Mindy because (laughs) talking to uh, a friend of mine who grew up some in South Africa, they were like, yeah, we didn't really get much TV. Uh, We got like, we got like a bad syndicated stuff from America (laughs) that was like way older than we should have been watching. So, like, there's a chance that, right. that, like, in the 90s or something, or the late 80s, that Mork and Mindy reruns were running in European countries because they're like, it's modern American TV. <laughs> These special effects are so good. Yeah, is that your Dutch accent? <laughs> I don't that know was what like, that was. Uh, yeah, that was more leading into, like... Almost Swedish chef. <laughs> well, do you want to? Uh, you want to end our end of the year wrap up? <laughs> <laughs> what? Are we? Are we have anything? Any other? Any other topics to go over? I don't know. I, I guess we forward? could bring up that. Oh, one or two episodes ago, you had mentioned. Uh-huh. We've mentioned how Bethesda, because you're still playing Oblivion, Bethesda's failed to 
patch their games, even though they've ported Skyrim to like 70 consoles and they've just never updated the game to include the community patches that fix all the bugs. And uh-huh. CD Projekt Red released the like update to The Witcher 3. And uh-huh. it included all the like ray tracing updates and stuff. But also they included a handful of user created mods. So like, and then they credited them. So, so they like. So, so wait, it does the Witcher three now have every bear is Spider-Man or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. it doesn't have the, all the, all the Griffins are replaced with Thomas, the tank engine. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so so what did get added? It's like <laughs> actual gameplay mods uh like and some like texture packs and things that people had made for the game. Uh world map fixes and then oh and then there's a mod that is actually a mod that was made by one of the developers of the game who was like not happy with how some of the like balance and combat stuff shipped and was like, well, I'll just make a mod. And so so he made a mod to change up how, uh, there's a huge bulleted list now that I'm looking at this. Oh my God. God, there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> is one of the mods in there the mod that you made that just says win at Gwent? So anytime you're forced to do Gwent, you can just hit the win button and get skip past it? Oh, I didn't. I should have made that mod. I was just like, <laughs> or, or a mod to like remove the Gwent side quest from your quest log and never show it. <laughs> like, well, the fact that that happened is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, Bethesda's still not going to do it, but it sets like a precedent that, like, hey, maybe they could do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty neat. I uh, like that. That is, I. It's funny that that CD Projekt Red like lost a lot of goodwill when they released Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, right? And. Like, uh-huh. while I thought the game was hilarious and worth the 60 bucks on release. A lot of people like the games to work when they buy yeah. them. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. I mean, I get that. <laughs> and like, it didn't do, it didn't really like, I got it early enough that there was still a lot of great bugs, but late enough that it was not the crashy bugs. And I didn't play it on PlayStation 4 where it was just unbearable like totally unplayable so like that stuff is pretty like oh but yeah from what i understand like the state of the game these days has really turned it around i don't know that it's a i don't know that it's a hello games like no man's sky turnaround yet but it's uh they seem to have had like made good on having the time post-release to do the development on the game that they wanted to do 
before releasing it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, by the time I played it, I played it much later, right? And by the time I played it, there were, I mean, there were some bugs, but for me, it was it was pretty pretty smooth playing yeah. the whole time. Well, and even when we were talking about, like, you were playing it, and they had changed enough about the economy and how the crafting system works to where it was like worth using and uh even and now they've also changed stuff even more from what i've heard to where like they've gotten rid of or changed skills like the knife throwing skill <laughs> doesn't just delete your knife which, <laughs> uh-huh. which was just like are you yeah, serious that was, that was just like <laughs> So I was like, oh, so I've got to like craft a bazillion knives to use this. Skill. Yeah, and you can't yeah, store was, knives in a stack terrible. like ammo. And so it's like each one is a unique like legendary knife. <laughs> and you're like, uh, yeah, okay. and you got to throw it. And it's like, okay, now I've got to go to open the menu and re-equip another one. Yeah. No, yeah, but there, there's, there's definitely some stuff. Like, I mean, I told you like one of the things I was frustrated with that was that like. I wanted to be able to use to like craft any single piece of equipment and like, cause I wanted to make the stupidest outfit possible. And I was limited to like a gold cowboy hat and like weird purple hot pants because that was the only stupid option. That was like a decent level piece yeah. of gear. And so yeah, I th- that's the kind of stuff that I wish they I would think, fix. I think they've added like transmogrify options so that you can craft or have a high piece high level piece of gear and make it look like something else. Yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff I was looking for. I mean, because that was that was half the fun of that game was like just to make the most dumb looking outfit that you possibly could. Yeah. It also would have been nice to be able to change how your body looked after the fact or how your car looked, but you couldn't do either of those things. But also I just wrote the same I rode the Akira motorcycle the whole time anyway, so you know. <laughs> that was that was definitely one piece of content that I did not engage in at all was the like five hundred billion text messages <laughs> I got from people to like buy a new car. Yes. I was like, oh my gosh. I this can I just put these in a spam folder because I do not have any interest in this. yeah man like i would you would just drive into a new neighborhood and the crime boss would be like hey chum i know you haven't met me but i've got five cars for you to buy and i'm like why are you <laughs> talking to me and i'm like great great i will buy zero yeah. of them uh and also i don't there was a way to travel without driving a car yourself right yeah, well, I mean, there was a great way to travel when the bugs worked, which was using the, like, slow-bo knife skill and, like, double jumping to, like, fling yourself at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I definitely did not travel by throwing myself as a yeah. knife. Uh, but, like, I, I feel like I just, like, used a taxi or yeah, something. Yeah, there was... Uh... Because I, like, my... I made it my mission to, like, drive a real vehicle as little as absolutely possible. Yeah, there was a fast travel system, but you had to, like, find the kiosks for some reason to, like, initiate yeah. the fast travel, which is just dumb. Right, yeah. Okay, yeah, that was what I did. Because I would use... I would just... I would just run to a kiosk rather than, like, 
drive a vehicle to your place. But I, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure like my main vehicle was the the free motorcycle that you get at the beginning of the game, and I was like, I don't want to have to buy. I'm not going to buy another car. I've already got a free motorcycle. Oh yeah, like the dead friend's motorcycle that you get at the yes. beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I used a lot as well. And then other free things. I I did buy the Akira motorcycle because because I was like, oh, it's th- it's that thing. Yeah, I'll buy that. I guess I got a bunch of money. <laughs> I think I bought one other thing, like whatever, like the fastest car in the game was, and that was just to like drive it as fast as I possibly could into like a ramp or something. <laughs> See what would happen? Yeah. Well. Anyway. That's what I wanted to bring up was that thing. So balls okay. in your court, Bethesda, <laughs> you're never going to do it, but integrate people's mods and make your game a better game and credit the people who are doing all the work for you. <laughs> yes. We definitely like as a, as a person who just finished playing Oblivion, the unofficial patch was definitely much more additive to the game than the horse armor. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yeah, because Oblivion was the introduction of the horse armor. Oh, boy. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Remember when we laughed at, D- at like stupid DLC like that? And now people are like, oh, $100 for horse armor. That's fine. Uh-huh. 20 bucks to buy a the to buy the opportunity to earn horse armor. Oh, OK. I'll do that. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you... (laughs) I'm guessing we're going to name this episode Douglas Bangle. Dennis Dennis Bangle. Get it right. Damn it. Yes, it's either the Adventures of Dennis Bangle or the Sneaky Man Drop. I'll take either mm. name. I feel like we need to. I feel like we need we need, we need to highlight what I'm going to call. I, I'm going to call him Doctor Dennis Bangle. <laughs> Doctor Dennis Bangle. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what his. Maybe he's just got an honorary doctorate. <laughs> like Kermit the Frogs. Okay, now that's that'll wrap us up. <laughs> <laughs>